Let's talk about Biden and Zelensky at the NATO summit and how my man Zelensky got snubbed big time. There are very few people in Europe or in the continental United States and the North American continent that thought this man would stand up and come to the aid and assistance of Ukraine. He increased his military budget. He stepped up Japan because he understood that when any part of the world has 185,000 people, soldiers crossing a border, stealing sovereignty from another nation that affects the whole world. I want to thank you again publicly. This was literally one big fuck fest for Zell Disney getting cucked over and over again. It was weird. Zell Disney was, in many respects, the Adam-22 of the situation here. Just got married. Gonna make a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. A lot of weapons are coming his way. So he still ends up, like, leaving with a shitload of what he wanted from the start. But is just getting absolutely cumstered and dumpstered by one of the largest penises you've ever seen on camera. Everywhere you went, Zelensky was just, like, in the corner being like, can we join NATO? And everyone was like, no, of course not. Come on, know your place. Like, even this brief interaction kind of shows you exactly what's going on here where it's like you ex you assume biden is going to start off by being like Zelensky is the best he's the hero of the story and it's like nope it's japan it's so funny that like ukraine is not gay enough to join nato <laughs> look alive jack you don't have enough they thems in your military ultimately i don't know why there's this song and dance being played i don't think anybody thinks that ukraine is get joining nato i think it's like kind of fucked up to very excitedly and elatedly welcome Sweden into NATO while simultaneously dangling fucking NATO membership in, in Ukraine's face when everybody knows that that's not happening. Even if the rest of uh, the Ukrainian uh, invasion is like purged, while Crimea is still an active territorial dispute, Ukraine can't join NATO regardless. Why do you think Japan is there? Japan is not a member of NATO. Important asset in the North Atlantic, Japan. They got the Kuril Islands, dude. The Kuril Island dispute is what uh, is, is heating up here. You know what I mean? I'm joking. But there's a reason why uh, Japan is there, and that's because NATO is just America. It's an extension of America's interests around the world. It's another way for the United States of America to uphold America's military superiority and hegemonic power. Why isn't the USA giving Ukraine weapons seen as them being in war by the Russians? I don't know. It's just like military industrial complex on both sides making money. It's seen as like uh, there's like boundaries and, and arbitrary restrictions that they abide by, which they violate uh, as time passes. Like no long range weapons that could technically hit Russian soil was the original boundary. No fighter jets were the original boundary. Most of those have been violated. Just a way to like ease the restrictions slowly but surely. There are restrictions that will not pass. No fly zone over Ukraine because that's active terror. That, that turns... This war into a war between, not a proxy war, but a war between the United States and allies against Russia. This declaration that was announced today by the president and G7 leaders will essentially jumpstart talks between each of the countries to have these bilateral long-term security commitments. President Biden saying that the support will last long into the future. And what officials, and you also heard the president there stress, is that they want to ensure that Ukraine not just has the ability to defend themselves now, but can also deter and defend themselves against other future aggression. And so much of this is trying to send 
send a message directly to Russia. Uh, that is what this entire summit has really been about for President Biden, as he's been trying to show uh, the strength and unity of NATO, especially as we, we've also learned that uh, NATO could soon be expanding as Sweden could join the alliance. And what the president is, has repeatedly tried to point to is that the U.S. is one of the strongest backers of Ukraine as far as sending military aid to the country. And now they're going to try to extend these long-term security commitments to them into the future. For the record, I don't like the Ukraine will never join NATO take is, is outdated in my opinion. There is a very realistic likelihood that Ukraine, given um, given what happens in the invasion, uh, post-invasion could potentially. But that would also imply that Russia is like completely crippled or maybe even a power vacuum in the absence of like Vladimir Putin. There's so many different variables here. Russia has also said Ukraine joining NATO would mean war. Yeah, what do you mean? War is already happening. <laughs> oh no, will there be war? Uh, oh, that sure, that certainly would be a weird and terrifying prospect. War too, double war. Um, they said the same thing about Finland. Yeah, it doesn't matter because, you want to know why it doesn't matter? Because Vladimir Putin give, gave the greatest gift of all to the American military apparatus, the American military industrial complex, and the warmongering American generals that were fantasizing about this. He won, galvanized their position, that Russia truly is bloodthirsty and mad. So there's need for a protection racket. But he also showed them that Russia is not strong enough to take over Ukraine. At that point, it's like, that's the best possible thing you can do. That's the reason why Finland felt comfortable joining nato they can't take over fucking ukraine what are they gonna do are they gonna go to finland now opponents too strong and too weak you say well that's the american position always against our enemies my point is this they're they're landlocked into battle doing trench warfare using artillery over ukraine and are incapable of taking over the eastern front uh adequately and securing it adequately if they can't fucking do that then what are they going to do? Are they going to go with the, then uh, spread out into Finland? Like, no fucking shot, which is part of the reason why the, the Finnish government felt significantly more comfortable joining NATO. Not only did it show that they are irresponsible and crazy, which means that there needs to be a... Uh, which legitimized the fears that people had for some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of security uh, deal with NATO, but it also showed that like there will be no serious negative consequences in the form of like actual land invasion. It's pretty funny. US and UK call for more gratitude from Kyiv after Zelensky's NATO complaint. <laughs> Comments come after Ukrainian leader complained his country had not been given firm timetable for joining alliance. They're like, know your place, know where your bread is buttered, and say thank you. Let's be fucking real. It's not wrong. Kyiv or Ukraine barely had a fucking standing army in 2014. It took almost 10 years of actual uh, training and arming Ukraine uh, to have a standing army against Russia. One that has actually put up a pretty decent uh, fight without turning it into a counterinsurgency or without turning it into an insurgency move movement. I don't even think Zelensky thinks Ukraine is going to be joining NATO anytime soon. I think he just has to posture like this to make it seem like... He's doing something for the Ukrainian people, like because Ukrainian people want to join NATO for obvious reasons. So he just has to posture, knowing full well that all he's going to get is weapons, a steady flow of weapons. Ultimately, it's uh, similar to the Kurdish position, right? Understandable request by uh, Kurdish people, the largest uh, ethnic diaspora on the planet with 35 million people without a nation state. Kurdish militia groups in the region have had long-standing and oftentimes very volatile security arrangements with the American State Department. 
This is not a secret. This is a well-known, well-established allegiance. Why would they do this? Well, they do this because America dangles the carrot of a uh, Kurdistan nation-state in front of the Kurds, uh, only to weaponize Kurdish militia forces as a destabilizing group in the region, and oftentimes uses the Kurdish militias as a way to fight some of the other terror cells that they've actually created in the region. The terror cells that they've created in the region, such as ISIS. And then they turn around and leave the Kurds behind and go back to their long-standing security commitments and allegiances and allow the Turks to come in and just roll over all of the Kurdish towns that have been created and leave the, the Turkish militia and the uh, Turkish military to just fucking bomb the shit out of, like, the northern St Syrian corridor, for example. But with Kurdish people, they have no choice. Uh, they see the United States allegiance as a necessity because they're like, well, we have nothing else. We have no other opportunity. We have no other alternative. And the Kurds know that America will fuck them over as they have done historically since the 90s over and over and over again. And yet they still join forces when they can. This is what's going on at a higher level with Ukraine. The difference between Ukrainian people and Kurdish people, however, is that the Ukrainian people haven't fully realized that America has no real interest in, like, ridding Ukraine of Russian forces and are more so committed to sending a steady flow of weapons, especially ones that are no longer usable or considered too old by the American military. It's, it's basically like an endless surplus program. Another alternative is for the military-industrial complex to test out weapons. But because of Ukraine's established nation-state status, I think a lot of people believe that America ultimately has an emancipatory interest in, uh, in Ukraine and Ukrainian security, when I don't think that that is their main purpose. I think their main purpose is uh, to engage uh, Ukraine as a destabilizing force against Russia, and keep them in as endless conflict as possible that continues as they sell as many weapons as possible to Ukraine. There are other economic factors at play. For example, the selling of natural gas to uh, Europe, squeezing Russia out of the market and trying to get Europe to purchase American uh, natural gas instead of Russian. Like There are other economic factors at play here, but ultimately it's about money. I think the self-limiting of sending arms to Ukraine is more of a political play about political play than money, than about money like you say. What political play? The American war machine is untouchable. And oftentimes people don't even give a shit. The American media will do PR for uh, the war in Ukraine and, and how it's the most just war that America has ever engaged in. And there is some truth to at least like Ukraine's, there is actually truth to Ukraine's need for emancipation. I think that's a just cause. But America's involvement and what they are interested in Ukraine is entirely separate, regardless of what the Western media portrays it as. But even if they didn't fucking do that, even if it was like a wholly unpopular thing politically to support Ukraine, it wouldn't matter. Because when is the last time the American government has done something that you think is good for you? They don't have to do that at all. That's why we have a two-party duopoly where you're locked into voting for one party over the other because it's going to be marginally better or marginally less worse. Yeah, to what extent do America's true intentions with Ukraine actually matter? Uh, well, Ukraine can only continue fighting Russia as long as there's a steady flow of weapons coming in from the West through NATO partners. So America's true intentions with Ukraine matter quite a bit. It matters a lot. Like, let's say, I'm not saying that this is the case, but let's say there is a uh, unique hypothetical circumstance where Russia's like, we, ha we are losing the war of attrition here. 
We've depleted all of our munitions. We have nothing remaining. We want to come to the table. We want to uh, engage in ceasefire agreements and potentially negotiate an end to the war. If the United States' true interests lie on the continuation of the war, and they are the most important party in this uh, in the negotiations process, which they are, then how can you say that it doesn't matter what their uh, true allegiances are? If their true allegiance is to continue the war and uh, and just destroy Russia in in its entirety by using Ukraine as a proxy, well, they're going to say, fuck no, we're not going to do any sort of ceasefire negotiations. They're going to tell Ukraine to, to they're going to nudge Ukraine under the table to not even um, have these conversations. Now, what I mentioned is not necessarily a hypothetical, even though I am scared to mention any Russian involvement as like uh, towards ceasefire is like genuine because everyone fucking yells at me. Something of the like did happen in Antalya in Turkey. And Boris Johnson was the one who famously said, the 15-point ceasefire plan is, you know, not going to happen. But anyway, Zelensky and his NATO membership strategy are thrown under the bus by the Biden administration. Quell surprise. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg has confirmed the alliance will issue an invitation for Ukraine to join the alliance when allies agree and conditions are met, and that the process of the country's membership would move from a two-step to a one-step pathway. A communique outlining how Ukraine could join NATO has been published by members of the alliance. We will be in a position to extend an invitation to Ukraine to join the alliance when allies agree and conditions are met. It's amazing and revealing that Zelensky and many pundits believed or pretended to believe that U.S.-led NATO would admit Ukraine during war and would be willing to turn Ukraine-Russia war into a NATO-Russia proxy war into a conventional nuclear war between NATO and Russia. Even Ukraine joining NATO after the war is in big doubt because Ukraine has no real chance of defeating Russia. Well... After the war would imply that it does have a chance of defeating Russia. It would imply that Russia is no longer the Russia that it is currently. That's why I say, you know, depending on how things happen, uh, Ukraine could very likely join NATO because something unimaginable in the course of war has already occurred. Unimaginable, not like necessarily as a bad thing. I'm saying like unimaginable is in like a really, really extreme uh, change in how the war is currently being conducted has occurred and like Russia is depleted of its resources it has no power you know what I mean like Putin dies to a freak accident or something you know what I mean NATO Secretary General because unless Ukraine wins this war there's no membership issue to be discussed at all by the way that's not my words that is the NATO Secretary General's words so that's my point the frustrated Ukrainian president has accused Joe Biden and other leaders present at the summit in the Lithuanian capital, Vilnius, of showing disrespect and complained that there was no readiness to invite his country to join. Yet, yeah, no shit. This photo is pretty funny, though. I saw this and I was like, God damn, dude, you guys like snubbed him. They're like, they don't know I'm uh, I'm single handedly uh, engaging in a proxy war. Uh, for uh, Western military industrial complex interests. <laughs> like, it's like the, the me in the corner at the party meme. Like, no, <laughs> this is crazy. In yet another very symbolic photo, Zelensky is not even included in the group photo of NATO summit in Vilnius. They literally didn't add him to the photo. How is Ukraine a proxy war? They're literally getting invaded. Oh my God, I'm going to lose my mind. No one thinks that Ukraine is like responsible for being invaded by Russia. Or at least no one in this community, or at least I certainly don't. There might be some people uh, who believe that. It is a proxy war because of the interests of the other parties involved in it. Don, you suck on this topic, brother. Uh, I just want to know. I want to know what uh, these guys think. Uh, the people that say you are you suck on this topic, like, what's your perspective? That, like, it's very real that America was, like, genuinely interested in allowing Ukraine to join NATO? Or that America legitimately cares about Ukrainian emancipation? I'm sorry. Any moment where you 
like legitimately say America is in it for democracy is a moment that you are a mark. You are a rube. You are a sucker. Back when Donald Trump was president, it was no secret that at one point he discussed pulling the U.S. out of NATO and trying to sort of weaken that alliance. How does what happened in this particular very important summit strengthen NATO? You've got one more country that is now going to be allowed in. And does this put a lot of pressure on Vladimir Putin? What it does is send a powerful message to Moscow that combined with um, these new security guarantees towards Ukraine, that this is a marathon for NATO, not a sprint. That if you thought that you, Vladimir Putin, could wait us out and use the mass of your population, four times the size of Ukraine, um, to grind them down, we're going to be here the whole time keeping them supplied. And we're also going to be a, we're going to keep sanctioning you. We're going to keep um, putting you under economic duress. So the combination is NATO stronger, uh, bringing Sweden and Finland in. They both actually have pretty advanced um, defense industries that strengthens NATO militarily. So overall, this is a win-win for NATO and lose-lose for Moscow. And one last thing, Biden aligning himself in this way with Ukraine will make it really hard if there's a change in U.S. presidents come the next election for any future president to back away from this support. It would be really funny if the Democrats try to run on. We can't lose the Donald Trump because then we won't. Donald Trump won't arm Ukraine as a narrative. I would lose my fucking mind. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Democrats literally being like, listen, Jack, Healthcare, fuck you. Student loan debt relief, double suck. You need to vote for us now, sweaty. Why? Because we are the pathway to Ukraine's freedom. Oh my God, please don't. Oh God, oh my Lord. Oh, uh, I'm shuddering. I'm legitimately fearful they're going to say that. Oh my God. I feel like if that is the united front that the Democrats put forward, that's like literally allowing Trump to win from prison. I'm getting actual chills thinking about that, okay? Look at my fucking arm hair. I'm not even joking. Oh, God. I have literal fucking chills.